0: So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are a grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Dewey Glen. Just like the sound of it. Dewey Glen. It's just because I like to be... We- oh, hello! Uh, welcome to the mansion of Leaves of Glen. A fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion and not just sitting here recording in my basement. Uh, This is where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. This week, we're going to continue reading The Hound of the Baskervilles by Arthur Conan Doyle. Doyle, I said that weird. Who cares? We're in the drawing room. That's more of the bit. Uh, About the author, Sir Arthur Ignatius Conan Doyle. Uh, He was born the 22nd of May, 1859, and he died the 7th of July, 1930. He was a British writer and physician. He created the character Sherlock Holmes in 1887 for A Study in Scarlet, the first of four novels, and a, uh, a 56 short stories about uh, Holmes and Dr. Watson. The Sherlock Holmes stories are milestones in the field of crime fiction. Want well, to hear some fun facts? Sure. Uh... Arthur Conan Doyle uh, was knighted in 1902. Oh, he was uh, officially became Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in 1902. He was knighted by King Edward the uh, uh, 5, 6, seven, it's V, I, 7, King Edward VII. Uh, contrary to popular belief, though, Arthur Conan Doyle was not knighted for his most famous work, his Sherlock Holmes collection, but instead for the book that uh, justified the United Kingdom's role in the Boer War. So, great. I already don't like this author as a person, and I think his character is weird that he keeps promoting so much. And when he finally gets knighted, which I think is silly, uh, because musicians get knighted all the time in England, it's just kind of a throwaway thing at this point. It's because he wrote a book justifying the United Kingdom's role in the Boer War. Uh, What a jerk. Uh, Conan Doyle had five kids. Uh, He was married twice and had five children through his two marriages. His first wife, Louisa Hawkins, died of tuberculosis in 1906, which is sad. Conan Doyle had two children with Louisa, Mary Louise, and uh, Arthur Allian Kingsley. Whatever. Uh, He then married Jean Elizabeth Leckie after the death of Louisa. uh, The couple were together until Arthur Conan Doyle died. Uh, They had three children together, Dennis Percy, weird, uh, Adrian Malcolm, and Jean Lena Annette. Well, how much time do we still Oh, God, we got a lot of goddamn time. You know, I got a dryer, a real dryer. So my washer dryer, which has been a running gag on this podcast, not a gag for me, but for people listening, they'd love to uh, listen to old Glenn Suffer. Uh, that thing was a two-in-one washer-dryer, and it's electric. It doesn't have a vent, and I said, sweet, I can finally get a window in this basement that opens. So I took the vent out, I did the whole thing, got the thing down here, took forever to make it happen, and then I finally got a little tiny window that I could open up, and like, ah, fresh air. The world outside sings to me as I record in my basement. Uh, But since then, the dryer broke on that thing, and I had to come out to get fixed. And then once I wasn't in warranty anymore, it's like, well, too bad for you. Uh, That thing's just broken. Oh, it'll wash your clothes. Have fun hanging it outside or hanging it on little lines in your basement. And everything feels like cardboard. Pants, sweaters, even my underwear, my precious, precious underwear, which encapsulates and cradles my privates. was rock hard, like it's made out of cardboard, and I freaking hated it. Uh, so finally I gave in. I couldn't take it anymore because it's getting cold outside. I can't hang my clothes outside anymore. So, uh, I wound up getting an actual real dryer for like 300 bucks. Friend of mine that I work with, he, uh, helped me rent a truck and I got to drive an actual Ford F-150. I'm not a man. I don't drive big cars, uh, though I should now. And I drove that Ford F-150 and I got the dryer here in my house and I peeled away and delivered it back to Menards where I get all my stuff. Uh, And I hooked it all up, and so now I'm drying clothes like a real person. Do I have the vent going out the window? Yes, I've lost that battle. Is that vent placement made of cardboard right now? Yes, it is made of cardboard right now. Uh, The vent just goes up to a piece of cardboard I taped to the window. Whatever, don't judge me. Someday I'll replace it with actual wood. But in either case, I'm a man that owns a dryer. My clothes are soft like a baby's bottom. And I swaddle myself in the blankets, That like, oh, thank God, I was running out of things to say. You can only ramble for so long. Uh, Thank God for the grandfather clock. Well, with that, uh, why don't we dive into the next chapter of this story. Chapter 7 The Stapletons of Mare House. Ah, the fresh beauty of the following morning did something to efface from our minds the grim and gray impression which had been left upon us both uh, by our first experience at Baskerville Hall. As Sir Henry and I sat at breakfast and the sunlight flooded in through the high mullioned windows, Uh, Throwing watery patches of color from the coats of arms which covered them Uh, The dark paneling glowed like bronze in the golden rays And it was hard to realize that this was indeed the chamber which had struck such a gloom uh, Into our souls upon the evening before Well, the key is lighting, I guess Uh, No secret there "'I guess it's our observations and not the house that we have to blame,' said Baronet. Uh, "'We were tired with our journey and and chilled by our drive, so we took a grave view of the place. Mm. "'Now we are fresh and well, and so it's all cheerful once more.' "'And yet it was not entirely a question of our imagination,' I answered. Uh, "'Did you, for example, happen to hear someone, uh, a a, a woman, I think, mm, sobbing in the night?' Now yeah, that's curious. Uh, for when I was half asleep, fancy that I heard something of the sort. And, uh, but waited a while uh, for a time, and, the, and then there was no more of it. So I concluded that it was all a dream. <laughs> I love that they hear someone in anguish, and they're just like, "Well, wait it out. Well, it stopped. Guess going to bed." <laughs> what a jerk! <laughs> well, I heard it distinctly, and I'm sure that it was really the sob of a woman. Well, we must ask about this right away. He rang the bell and asked Barrymore whether he could account for the experience. It seemed to me that the pallid features of the butler turned a shade or pale. Uh, still, he listened to his master's question. There are, uh, there are only uh, two women in the house, Sir Henry. He answered. One is the scullery maid who, who uh, sleeps in the uh, in the other wing, and the other is my wife. And I can answer uh, for it that the sound could not have come from her. <laughs> as I was doing her that's not in the book and yet as lie, uh, he lied yet he lied as he said it for a chance that after breakfast I met Mrs Barrymore in the long corridor with the sun full upon her face and she was a large impassive heavily featured woman with a stern set expression of mouth now so he wasn't doing her at all uh, but her telltale eyes were red and glanced at me from between swollen lids yeah no one's doing her and it was she then who sw- uh, who wept in the night "'and it was uh, as if she, uh, so her husband must know it. "'Yet he had taken the obvious risk of discovery "'in declaring that it was not so. "'Why had he done this?' Uh, why did he, Why did she weep so bitterly? Already, well, because no one's doing her. Uh, this pale-faced, handsome, black-bearded man, uh, there was gathering an atmosphere of mystery and gloom. Oh, it was he who had been the first to discover the body of Sir Charles, and we had only his word for all the circumstances which led up to the old man's death. Uh, was it possible that it was Barrymore, <laughs> after all, whom we had seen in the cab in Regent Street, Ah, uh, the beard might as well have been the same. The cabman uh, had described a somewhat shorter man. Uh, it's, such an impression might easily have been erroneous. Oh, how could I settle the point forever? Obviously, the first thing to do was to see the Grimpen Postmaster and to find whether the test of telegram had actually been placed in Barrymore's own hands. Be the answer what it might, I should at least have something to report to Sherlock Holmes. Sir Henry... "'I had numerous papers to examine after breakfast "'so that the time was proprietous for my excursion. "'It was a pleasant walk for four miles along the edge of the moor, "'leading me at last to a small gray hamlet "'in which two larger buildings, which proved to be the inn and the house, "'Dr. Mortimer, stood high above the rest. "'The postmaster, who was also the village grocer, uh, "'had a clear recollection of the telegram. "Uh, "'Certainly, sir,' said he. "'I had the telegram delivered to Mr. Barrymore exactly as directed.' Uh, Who delivered it? Uh, My boy here, James, you delivered that telegram to Mr. Barrymore at the hall last week. Uh, Did you not? Yes, Father, I delivered it. Into his own hands? I asked. Well, uh, he was up in the loft at the time, so I could not put it into his own hands. Uh, But I gave it to Mrs. Barrymore's hands, (laughs) and she promised to deliver it at once. Did you see Mr. Barrymore? Uh, No, sir. I tell you, he was in the loft. If you didn't see him, how do you know he's in the loft? Well, surely his own wife ought to know where he is, said the postmaster testily. Did he get the telegram? If there's any mistake, it is for Mr. Barrymore himself to complain. "'That seemed helpless to pursue the inquiry any further. Uh, "'It was clear that in spite of Holmes's ruse, uh, "'we had no proof that Barrymore had not been in London all the time. "'I suppose that it was so. "'I suppose that the same man had been the last who had seen Mr. Charles alive "'and the first to dog the new heir when he returned to England. "'What then?' Was he the agent others his head? Uh, he had some sinister design of his own. Uh, what interest could he have in persecuting the Baskerville family? Oh, I thought of the strange warning clipped out of the leading article of the Times. Uh, what was his work, or was it possibly of doing of someone who was bent upon counteracting his schemes? The, the only conceivable motive was that which had been suggested by Sir Henry, that if the family could be scared away, a comfortable and permanent home would be secured for the Barrymores. But surely such an explanation as that uh, would be quite inadequate to account for the deep and subtle scheming uh, which seemed to be weaving in an invisible net around the young baronet. Holmes himself had said that no more complex case had come to him in all the long series of his sensational investigations. Well, I prayed as I walked back along the gray lonely road that my friend might soon be freed from his preoccupations and uh, be able to come down to take his heavy burden of responsibility from my shoulders. Suddenly, uh, my thoughts were interrupted by the sound of running feet uh, behind me and by a voice which uh, called my name, uh, And I turned, expecting to see Dr. Mortimer, but to my surprise, it was a stranger who was pursuing me. (laughs) Yeah! Oh, he's a small, slim, eh? clean-shaven, prim-faced man, Uh, flaxen-haired, and lean-jawed. Between 30 and, oh, I I don't know, 40 years of age, dressed in a gray suit and wearing a straw hat? That's weird. A tin box for botanical specimens hung over his shoulder? (laughs) How do you know that specifically? And he carried a green butterfly net in one of his hands. Well, that's the giveaway. You will, I'm sure, excuse my presumption, Dr. Watson, Uh, said he as he came panting up to where I stood. Here, on the moor, we are homely folk, and do not wait for formal introductions. But you may possibly have heard my name from our mutual friend, Mortimer. I am Stapleton of Merripit House. Uh, "'Your net and box it told me as much,' said I, "'for I knew that Mr. Stapleton was a naturalist. "'But how do you know me?' "'No, I've been calling on Mortimer, "'and he pointed you out for, uh, to me from the window of uh, his surgery "'as you passed his surgery. "'And as the road lay the same way, "'I thought that I would overtake you.' and introduce myself. "'That's not the way of describing that. "'It's like me saying, like, "'Oh, I saw you, and I just wanted to tackle you. "'Overtake you. "'I trust that Sir Henry is none the worse for his journey.' Uh, "'Very well, thank you. Uh, "'We are all rather afraid that after the sad death of Sir Charles, "'the new baronet might refuse to live here. Uh, it, "'It is asking much of a wealthy man to come down "'and bury himself in a place of this kind, "'but I need not tell you that it means a very great deal to the countryside. "'Sir Henry has, I suppose, no superstitious fears in the matter. No, "'I do not think that's likely. "'Now, of course, you know the legend of the fiend dog which haunts the family.' Yeah, I've heard it. It's extraordinary how credulous the peasants are about here, and any number of them are ready to swear that they've seen such a creature upon the moor. He spoke with a smile. But I seemed to read in his eyes that he took the matter more seriously. The story took a great hold upon the imagination of Sir Charles, and I have no doubt that it has led to his tragic end. Bahow! Ah, his nerves are so worked out that the appearance of any dog might have had the fatal effect upon his diseased heart. Oh, I fancy that he really did see something of that kind upon the last night uh, in the Yew Valley, and I feared that some disaster might occur, for I was very fond of the old man, and I knew his heart was weak. How'd you know that? Uh, my friend Mortimer told me. You think, then, that some dog pursues Sir Charles and that he died of fright and consequence? Yeah, yeah any better explanation, I have not come to any conclusion. As uh, Mr. Sherlock Holmes, his words took my breath for an instant, but a glance at the placid face and the steadfast eyes of my companion showed me no surprise was intended. Well, it's useless, pretend that we do not know you, Doctor Watson," said he. Uh, the records of your detective have reached us here, and you could not celebrate him without being known yourself. When Doctor Mortimer, Doctor Mortimer, when Mortimer told me your name, that he could not deny your identity. If you are here, then it follows that Mr. Sherlock Holmes is interesting himself in the matter, and I am naturally curious to know what his view might take. I'm afraid I can't answer that question. Uh, may I ask if he's going to honor us with the visit himself? He cannot leave the town at present, and he has other cases which engage his attention. Ah, what a pity. He might throw some light upon which is so dark to us. But as to your own researches, uh, if there is any possible way in which I may be of service to you, I trust that you will command me. If I had any indication of the nature of your suspicious or how you propose to investigate the case, I might perhaps, even now, give you some aid or advice. I assure you that I am simply here upon a visit to my friend Sir Henry and that I uh, need no help of any kind. Excellent, said Stapleton. You are perfectly right to be wary and discreet. And I am justly reproved for what I feel was an unjustifiable intrusion. And I promise you that I will not mention the matter again. "'We came to a point where a narrow grassy path uh, struck off from the road "'and wound its way across the moor. "'A steep, boulder sprinkled hill lay upon the right, "'which had in bygone days been cut into a a granite quarry. Uh, "'The face, which was turned toward us, formed a dark cliff "'with ferns and and brambles growing in its niches. "'From over the distant rise there floated a a great plume of smoke. "'A moderate walk along this moor path brings us to Merripit House,' said he.' Perhaps you will spare an hour that I may have the pleasure of introducing you to my sister. Ooh, my first thought was that uh, I should be by Sir Henry's side. Ah, But then I remembered the pile of papers and the bills which the study table was littered, and it was certain that I could not help with those. And Holmes uh, had expressly said that I should study the neighbors upon the moor. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. And I accepted Stapleton's invitation, and we turned together down the path. Ah, it's a wonderful place, the moor, said he, looking over around the undulating downs and and long green rollers with crests of jagged granite foaming up like gigantic surges. Ah, you never tire of the moor. You, You cannot think the wonderful secrets which it contains, and it's so vast, so barren, and so mysterious. You know it well, then... I've only been here uh, two years. The residents would call me a (laughs) a newcomer. Uh, But we came shortly after Sir Charles settled, but my tastes led me to explore every part of the country around. Uh, And I think that there are few men who know it better than I do. Is it hard to know? Uh, Very hard. Oh, what's going on now? Hello. 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 I'm recording a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> what? Why are you showing me the book through the little? Why are you showing me the book?
1: I just wanted to tell you.
0: <laughs> Look how you go under the big blankets. What do you want?
1: So, he's a he's a pirate.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm leaving this in the show. I am. Oh. Mm-mm. Do you want to do that thing where you complain about me? Not People. a
1: minute, I have to tell you about Captain Blood.
0: I have literally. People gave. They gave up interest in you complaining about me because it's been so long. This is your chance. No.
1: Fine. Captain Blood. So oh, again, the,
0: year, ca- the book is Captain up. Blood by Raphael Sabatini. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Do you want the to year? talk about it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Turd.
1: Oh my God. You had so, to
0: interrupt my podcast. We'll do it. Talk right. about it.
1: The year is. <laughs> Sixteen ninety-six, sixty-nine, I don't know. Lots of sixes. Great. <laughs>
0: sixty-nine?
1: Nice. Maybe. I don't really know. I'm only like twenty pages into it. Mans wears all black. It's a pirate. Hey not yet! He's a doctor. <laughs> doctor Pirate? <laughs> he works in this tiny town mm-hmm. and he wears all black. Because he's emo and he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't like his neighbors. Yeah. He called them sluts on page six.
0: Seriously, the word sluts? six.
1: When was this book written?
0: <laughs> they don't say sluts in 1848. Why when was this made? 1850.
1: Uh, nope, that's the picture. Get in the
0: front. Oh my There's God. always the uh, publishing date, so you got to look for the one at the top.
1: First half of the 20th century, 1875, early 1900s. Ooh, sluts. Yes.
0: This is exciting.
1: <laughs> his name is Peter Blood. He's a doctor. Yeah. And there's this whole rebellion going on. They are, like, going to overthrow the government. These people are, like, ready to lay down their lives. They What got, country is this? I don't really know. I think it's England. <laughs> <laughs> they don't say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because they talk about how he, like, lived in Ireland and also... But he got his, like... Medical degree in France. I don't. Okay. I don't know where he's supposed to be. Wherever bridge something. Wherever he, he lives. He's
0: a world weary, cultured
1: doctor pirate. Not. He's not a pirate yet. <laughs> <laughs> but he will be, <laughs> with medical expertise. <laughs> Go on. So he decides he is literally outside in his backyard tending to his geraniums. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is the lamest book I've ever heard. Why do you want to tell me about this?
1: <laughs> he's standing to his geraniums and um he sees his neighbors looking at him with hatred because he's <laughs> not because he was in the military in between all of his time doing medical degrees and traveling Soldier
0: Doctor Pirate? <laughs> <Dr. Multicultural>
1: <laughs> Pirate? Soldier Dr. Pirate. Multicultural Soldier Doctor Pirate.
0: And also the neighbors can't stand him. <laughs> no, they, they hate,
1: him. hate they hate that he's sitting there, able-bodied, military expertise. Yeah. And not helping the rebellion, they're upset. And he's like, "I don't give a shit a about your opinion." Which country? <laughs> 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 he's like, "I don't give a shit. It's yeah. not my problem." So mm-hmm. he goes to bed. Mm-hmm. He goes to bed at like 9 p.m. <laughs> Why? Do these details suck. <laughs> this book sucks. I couldn't tell you which country he lives in, but he went to bed at 9 p.m. Yeah. And he wakes up the next morning because someone's pounding on his door. <laughs> yeah. And it's. Some It's the kid of the neighbors. It's The neighbors are two women, and one of them has a son who's in the Navy. So it's the kid that's in the Navy. He's knocking <laughs> on the door, frantic, yeah. terrified. He's like, our general whatever has been injured, you need to come home because he's a doctor.
0: Because he's a doctor. <laughs> he's a doctor. He's not a pirate yet.
1: So he's like, yeah, whatever, I'll go. And so he, the kid's like, we got to go now. This man is dying. He's like, no, <laughs> let well, me put on my outfit first. His outfit? <laughs> Made him wait so he could get dressed. <laughs>
0: So I have a TV writes a shit book.
1: <laughs> Got on the horse, <laughs> went to the other guy's house. Man is on his dying breath. He is on his way out. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. He, like, works some magic and then he's, like, kind of okay. He's stable. He's not perfect. He's a
0: doctor magician? <laughs> no, he's not. Doctor da- wizard? Not actual magic. Not, doctor wizard pirate? <laughs> not actual magic. <laughs> Military doctor so wizard. So this pirate. guy,
1: this guy's okay, but he was spearheading the rebellion.
0: Ah, so, so now he will playing a major role. What's as a major player in the rebellion? By accident. You're, You're only like twenty pages. I
1: know. This book. How much is crammed into the first twenty pages of this <laughs> book? Lot. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. They're what like page number. Are you in twenty two zero twenty. That's insane. the dragoons. That's show a, up.
0: That's a form of currency. That's not no.
1: Money. That's an army a little... Oh, that's like me I think walking around kind of like,
0: I'm with a gang, we call ourselves dollar bill.
1: <laughs> so they show up at his door, they're like, yo, we know you're hiding rebels in here. Yeah. And he's like, I'm a doctor, I'm doing my job. And then, <laughs> his name is Kirk. Mm-hmm. Kirk? <laughs> Kirk. Wait, whose name is Kirk? <laughs> the Dr. pirate? No, the other one. The dragoon guy? Yeah. <laughs> Kirk's like, I know you're hiding rebels. I'm Kirk, I'm one like <laughs> the dragoons. <laughs> it's so stupid. So, uh, he... Peter, Peter Blood flat out lies. Peter Blood? That's his name! That's like me
0: calling myself like Stephen Falcon or something. (laughs) It's like a dumb name with a cool ass name. No, no,
1: no. So Kirk walks in and is like, give me all your rebels. And Peter's like, "Mm, I'm a doctor. If you move this man, he's gonna. Okay, yeah. Get wrecked. Yeah. And then Kirk's like, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna go hang him anyway. Uh, Oh, wow. Peter's like, without a trial? Bro, <laughs> really? And, and the, the big, like, the guy that's dying, I don't remember what his name is. He's dying. Probably something awesome. <laughs> he's dying.
0: Like
1: and he's Jason like, I'll, ex- I'll accept the responsibility. I know what I've done. He's, like, trying to be Savior Complex. Oh, and Peter's like... Yeah. No. <laughs> and so he talks his way around to letting this guy have a trial. Oh. And then they, uh, like, go digging through his house, and Kirk finds another rebel in the closet. And so Peter— Why is there a rebel in the closet? No, no, no. So-
0: <laughs> How long is he sitting there while he's being treated by this Dr. Pirate?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> the treating part only took, like, 20 minutes. It was speedy. Weird. Um, so this... Hurry up,
0: Rebel. Get in the closet. The doctor's (laughs) here.
1: (laughs) Stupid.
0: (laughs) So TD writes a crap book.
1: So this kid's gonna get, like, dragged out of there with Kirk and his crew. And so Peter just makes up a story for him on the spot and is like, you cannot kill this man. His dad is so-and-so who's married to so-and-so who's connected to the king of whatever. So if you kill him, they'll kill you. And Kirk's like, I don't believe you. (laughs) And Peter just goes, well, then you can hang him if you want, but... I'm not. It's not my fault for whatever yeah. happens to you afterward. Oh, that's quite the uh, power play. I mean,
0: look how <laughs> this guy on one visit has basically enmeshed himself in this rebellion even more part of.
1: Even though he was upset in the beginning that people were like, why aren't you joining? He's like, it's not my problem.
0: I'm trying. What was he planting? <laughs>
1: Geraniums? Yeah.
0: I don't want to be a part of the rebellion. I'm focused on my geraniums.
1: <laughs> so they're like, well, we got to go to your house and search your house because I'm convinced that you're harboring rebels oh, too. All the final is geraniums. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, so they're on the way back to his house, mm. and he's like walking behind this guy's horse, and he literally says...
0: Oh, is this what this is all about? We're building yes, up to this moment? Yes, we're building up to the quote. This is on page 19?
1: This is on page 18, actually. Okay, fine. So the quote is... um. That man, as he had long suspected, was the vilest work of God, and that only a fool would set himself up as a healer of a species that was best exterminated.
0: All this on the way to go see the geraniums?
1: <laughs> All this on the way to go... <laughs> he has he flip-flopped for me. He went real bitter.
0: Like, he went real bitter real hard the last time.
1: I minute. know! He's, he started, we started this book 18 pages ago where he's a doctor. He's helping people out. He's yeah. covering for rebels so mm-hmm. they don't get killed. He is like... Everyone's advocate yeah. to page eighteen, going Where he gives up on humanity. That this species would be better completely killed out.
0: What doctor in eighteen pages is like? <laughs> Everyone should die. <laughs> I hate my job. <laughs>
1: and, and the back of it says that he becomes a pirate not for the gold but for the glory.
0: Oh, well, that's <laughs> is that admirable? Do pirates no. have a lot of glory? There's just a lot of, like, raping and pillaging and murdering.
1: He's a physician who becomes a pirate not for infamy and riches, but out of a rankling sense of injustice.
0: He's just pissed off that he was inconvenienced as a doctor once, and then he wants to become a pirate and just ruin everyone's lives.
1: <laughs> and he wears all black. They told me that like four times. As a doctor, he wears as all As a black. doctor, he wears all black. But it's described as not being in like a he doesn't care about his clothes way, but in like a he's really put together and he's making this choice and he doesn't care what other people think.
0: By wearing all black. As a doctor, you don't want to come in like the angel of death. Also, you don't want to come in like, I'm know, making this choice of my clothing. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I'm a doctor.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well,
0: that's the power of books. Yeah. Perfect for my show. I don't know. if. <laughs> I'm glad you came down to tell me about it.
1: Yeah. I know. I don't care what you're reading. This is more important. I'm reading a... It's, uh, it's bent as fuck. Look at this.
0: I know, is that this? And is it s- one that smells, smells like, cigarettes? like cigarettes. Yeah.
1: It just reeks of cigarettes.
0: So, my kid ordered a bunch of used books from where?
1: Thriftbooks.com.
0: Yeah, thriftbooks.com. And <laughs> oh, you've got a book that reeks like cigarettes.
1: <laughs> it's supposed to be acceptable quality. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> is it, well, I doubt anyone's getting
0: in all these books that are used for the website and then, like, quick, smell them. <laughs> smell all the books that come in. You have to it smell came, them before you want. It came buy from more Texas. Way. This book came from Texas? It came from
1: Texas. Mm. And you know what was in it? What? A bookmark um, talking about canaries. <laughs> it's just as warped and bent as the book itself. But it's got, so? it's got like a picture on the front and on the back of it has all the information about the species.
0: That is bizarre. Do you think that this person who lives in their trailer home in Texas, it like once had a canary, but it died from lung cancer from all the cigarettes? And he's, he's like reading so,
1: this because he's just as bitter as Peter Blood, <laughs> and he wants to feel something. I'll
0: never love a canary again. <laughs> <laughs> all canaries should die. They're a worthless species.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thanks for visiting.
1: Yeah. Back to my show. I'm
0: glad you did that. You <laughs> knew I was recording. You pile of yeah, shit. I yeah. Okay. Now I know. Now the world knows.
1: Very excited to see what the next twenty pages. Is
0: be. <laughs> God, I hope you come down and tell us. <laughs> uh, well, uh, where the hell did I leave off after that uh, intrusion? Uh, is it hard to know? Very hard. You see, for example, the this great plain to the north here with this queer hills breaking out of it. Uh, do you observe anything remarkable about that? Well, I would. It would be a rare place for a gal. Now I'm all screwed up. I'm reading weird. I'm screwing everything up because a kid came down and interrupted me. Ah, uh, you'd naturally think so. And the thought has cost several of their lives before now. You notice uh, those bright green spots scattered thickly over it? Yes, they seem to be more mm, fertile than the rest. Stapleton laughed. <laughs> uh, this is the the great Grimshin Mire said he. A false step yonder uh, means death to man or beast. Only yesterday I saw one of the more ponies wander into it, and he never came out. (laughs) And I saw his head for quite a long time craning out for the bog hole. (laughs) But it sucked him down at last. Even in a dry season, it's a danger to cross it. Uh, But after these autumn rains, it's an awful place. And Yet I can find my way to the very heart of it and return alive. By George, there is another of those miserable ponies. Something brown was rolling and tossing among the green sedges, Uh, then a long, agonized, writhing neck shot upward, and a dreadful cry echoed over the moor, and it turned me cold with horror, but my companion's nerves seemed to be stronger than mine. "'It's gone,' said he. "'The mire has him. Uh, two in two days, and many more, perhaps, uh, "'for they get in the way of going there in the dry weather "'and never know the difference until the mire has them in its clutches. "'It's a bad place, uh, the great Grimpen Mire. "'Well, this person's horrible. "'He takes pleasure in watching horse heads stick out of a mire "'and just like, oh, it'll take a couple of days to die. He just doesn't even bother trying to help. Uh, "'What a pile of shit. "'And you say you can penetrate it? "'Yes.' There are one or two paths which a very active man can take, and I have found them out. Uh, Why would you wish to go into uh, such a horrible place? Well, you see the hills beyond? They are really islands cut off from all sides by the impassable mire, which has crawled around them in the course of years. Uh, That is where the rare plants and the butterflies are. And if you have the wit to reach them, I shall try my luck some day. Well, with that, uh, learning about a horrible, horrible human being who collects butterflies uh, just to probably stick a pin in them and kill them and seems to enjoy watching uh, things die, uh, let me tell you about an organization that would never stand back and just watch you drown slowly in a bog with your head sticking out of the the thing for two days and just kind of giggle to themselves and go collect butterflies. You know what that organization is? DoorGlass.com. DoorGlass Incorporated, which is D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S dot com. Oh, they're dedicated to fabricating and professionally installing the highest quality glass products for the nation's top manufacturers. Their inventory, combined with their years of experience, makes them the premier source for installation and repair. Uh, They approach every project with the same goals. Professionalism, integrity, and I've added that they're very discreet and empathetic. Uh, They deal with glass for a living. So they understand the fragile nature of things, such as humans. So they understand that uh, if a human uh, gets trapped in a bog, uh, a lot like if you accidentally throw a piece of glass in that bog, you can retrieve it. It doesn't have to be lost forever. You don't have to watch it slowly suffer and die like a piece of glass slowly slipping down to a bog. No, they go back in and they get that glass. They do it for you. And if they saw you uh, as they're working on your windows and you're outside walking around the bog around your house and also you slip in and fall, they're not going to sit there and keep working on the glass job. They're going to realize that you can't pay them if you're dead so they'll go out they're going to try and save you from the bog what they do commercial storefronts uh automatic entrances windows patio doors mirrors shower doors installation and they do repair and they design and build for example if you say i would like a glass bridge that goes over this bog because i'm tired of all my friends and family falling into it and slowly dying for days on end with their heads sticking out screaming for help but I'm not going to get in there unless I got a glass bridge they'll build that grass, uh, glass bridge for you they'll do it and they won't tell anyone because they're discreet their clients are Pottery Barn William Sonoma Sherman Williams uh, Portillo's which I'm not aware of uh, the Salt Cave which is a place in Minneapolis that just uh, sells Himalayan salt lamps so that's probably the worst name not very inviting and Applebee's well, with that uh, well I sort of feel glum. And you know what uh, You know uh, kind of cheer me up? Spending a little long time with you, the two of us snuggling, getting up there, getting in the silk sheets of my master bedroom, just laying in the giant heart-shaped master bed that I have up there. Yeah, I bought a heart-shaped uh, mattress. They make them. Uh, the door glass people recommended a place. They custom make uh, mattresses uh, and they could be any shape you want. You could do it in the shape of your dad's head or I just chose a heart. Uh, but with that, why don't we go up into the master bedroom, snuggle, get to know each other a little bit, make me feel better? I'm feeling fussed. Okay, okay, I'm coming. I- oh, oh, look at you! Oh, you're so considerate and nice. You're uh, wearing flannel pajamas that look really soft and snuggly. Uh, You've changed all my silken sheets to flannel sheets, which is tough to do when I have a heart-shaped mattress, but you did it, and it looks fantastic. Uh, You're burning a candle that smells of lilacs. You know that's my favorite scent. Uh, And there you are, ready with oils and massage machines to try and make my muscles all relaxed all over my body. I appreciate it, and I uh, think that you're an amazing person for being so considerate, but actually, what I feel inside is dirty, and the only way to feel better is if I have a puritanical person here in my bed with me. So put on this prairie outfit and this little bonnet as I read to you uh, the newest upcoming romance book from Penguin Random House, A Harvest of Love, by Marta Perry. Want to learn about harvest love? Sure. A determined widow and a single father learn that love is about taking chances and turning over new leaves in a quaint Amish community of Promise Glen. Well, that sounds like a nice place. I'd like to live there. And from a national bestselling author, Marta Perry. When widowed shop owner Dinah Hirschberger is unceremoniously changed, uh, charged with the safely escorting an infant to his uncle, she finds herself torn. Jacob Miller is everything Dinah would want in a partner. He's kind, he's handsome, eh, strong, that's a good quality, and nothing she can ever have. Uh, As much as she yearns to help the new family adjust, each minute Dinah spends with Jacob and the baby leaves her heart more vulnerable and her head more certain that the secret she hides makes a future with the Miller men impossible. Jacob has long admired Dinah for her strength, and uh, an independence, but it's her generosity of spirit that tempts him like never before. Nah, this is so unsexual, it's exactly what I need. With Dinah at his side, uh, Jacob opens himself up to the daunting new world of fatherhood. But how can he pursue his feelings for her when his life is in such a disarray? Oh, after he, the disappointments of her first marriage, she deserves better than what Jacob can offer. But love has a surprise in store for these two troubled hearts, and and, and happiness is within reach if they can only grasp it, making promised Glen their own promised land. That's exactly what I need. Uh, So, A Harvest of Love by Marta Perry, you can find it uh, already. It's out October 26th, so I held on to this little gem for a while. Just wanted to let you all know about it. I'm so excited. Amazon. Barnes & Noble, The Crap Store Uh, Books-A-Million, Bookshop.org, which I refuse to uh, promote like Ben does, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's, Target, and Walmart. Well, with that, you can take off the prairie dress. Uh, You look highly unattractive in it, so thank you for giving me exactly what I needed. And let's go back downstairs and finish this book. But I'm going to wear your flannel pajamas because I feel like being snuggly. Well, now that we're settled back in, let's pick up where we left off. Uh I looked at me with a surprised face. For God's sake, put such an idea out of your mind, said he. Your blood would be upon my head. I assure you that there would not be the least chance of coming back alive. <laughs> Burp. It is only by remembering certain complex landmarks that I'm able to do it. Hello, I cried. What is that? A long, low moan, indescribably sad, swept over the moor. It filled the whole air, and yet was impossible to say whence it came. From a dull murmur, it swelled into a deep roar, and then sank back into melancholy. Throbbing murmur once again, Stapleton looked at me with a curious expression on his face. "Queer place, the moor,' he said. "'But what is it?' "'Well, the peasants say it's the hound of the Baskervilles calling for its prey. I've heard it once or twice before, but never quite so loud.' I looked around with a chill of fear in my heart at the huge swelling plain mottled with green patches of rushes. Nothing stirred over the vast expanse save a pair of ravens uh, which croaked loudly from a tor behind us. "Uh, "'You're an educated man. Uh, You don't believe such nonsense as that,' said I. "Uh, "'What do you think is the cause of so strange a sound?' "'Oh, bogs make queer noises sometimes. (laughs) It's the mud settling or the, the water rising or something.' No, uh, no, that was a living voice. Well, perhaps it was, but did you ever hear a a bittern booming? Well, now i got to look up what a bittern is. Uh, A large marsh bird of the heron family, typically smaller than a heron, uh, with a brown-streaked plumage. Uh, The large kinds are noted for the deep booming call of the male in the breeding season. No, I never did. It's a very uh, rare bird, practically extinct in England now, but all things are possible upon the moor. "'Yes, I should not be surprised to learn that uh, what we have heard "'is the cry of the last of the bitterns. "'It's the weirdest, strangest thing I've ever heard in my life. "'Yes, it's rather an uncanny place altogether. Uh, "'Look at that hillside yonder. Uh, "'What do you make uh, make of those?' "'The whole steep slope is covered with gray circular rings of stone, "'a score of them at least. Uh, uh, "'What are they, sheep pens? "'No, uh, they're the homes of our worthy ancestors. "'Prehistoric man.' lived thickly on the moor. And as no one in particular has lived there since, we find all his little arrangements exactly as he left them. Uh, these are his wigwams with the roofs off. And you can see uh, even his hearth and, uh, and his couch. If you have the curiosity, go inside the couches. But it's, uh, it's quite a town uh, when it's inhabited. Neolithic man, no date. Uh, "'What did he do?' "'Now he grazed his cattle on these slopes, "'and he learned to dig for tin "'when the bronze sword began to supersede "'and the stone axe. Uh, "'Look at the great trench in the opposite hill. Uh, "'That is his mark. "'Yes, you will find some very singular points "'about the moor. "'Dr. Watson, oh, excuse me an instant. "'It is surely Cyclopedes.' A small fly or a moth had flooded across our path, and in an instant Stapleton was rushing with extraordinary energy and speed in pursuit of it. To my dismay, the creature flew straight for the great mire, and my acquaintance never paused for an instant, bounding from tuft to tuft behind it, the green net waving in the air, his gray clothes and, and jerky zigzag a regular progress made him uh, not unlike some huge moth himself. <laughs> and I was standing watching his pursuit with a mixture of admiration... For his extraordinary activity and fear lest he should lose his footing in the treacherous mire. Uh, when I heard the sound of steps and turning round, found a, a, a woman near me upon the path. As she had come from the direction uh, in which the plume of smoke indicated the position of the merripit house. But the dip in the moor had hit her until she was quite close. Moors have dips. I could not doubt that this was Miss Stapleton, of whom I had been told, since ladies of any sort must be few upon the more, <laughs> I remember that I had heard someone describe her as being a being a beauty. The woman who approached me was certainly that, uh, the most uncommon type. Ah, There could not have been a greater contrast between brother and sister, for Stapleton was neutral-tinted. Uh, his light hair and his gray eyes. Uh, well, she was darker than any brunette whom I've ever seen in England. Slim, uh, oh, elegant and tall. Uh, she had a proud, finely cut face, so regular that it might have seemed impassive, were it not for the sensitive, sensitive mouth. Again, with the sensitive nose, uh, sensitive nostrils. Also, sensitivity going on in the face. Uh, "'and the beautiful, dark, eager eyes, "'with the perfect figure and elegant dress that she was, "'indeed a strange apparition upon a lonely moorland path. "'Her eyes were on her brother as I turned, "'and then she quickened her pace toward me. "'I had raised my hat and was about to make some expleturium mark, "'when her own words turned all my thoughts into a new channel. "'Go back,' she said. "'Go straight back to London instantly.' I could only stare at her in stupid surprise, and her eyes blazed at me, and she uh, she tapped the ground impatiently with her foot. That's weird. Uh, "'Why should I go back?' I asked. "'No, I can't explain this,' she spoke in a low, eager voice, with a curious lisp in her utterance. Uh, "'But for God's sake, do what I ask you. Go back, and never set foot upon the mower again.' "'But I only just came.' "'Man, comma, man!' exclamation point, she cried. Uh, "'Can you not tell what a warning is for your own good? "'Go back to London. Start tonight. "'Get away from this place at all costs. "'Hush, my brother is coming. Not a word of what I said. "'Would you mind getting that orchard for me among the, the mayor's tails yonder? Uh, "'We are very rich in orchards on the moor, and, "'though, of course, you are rather late to see the beauties of this place. "'This person is all over the place.' Stapleton, I just burped, had abandoned the chase and came back to us breathing hard and flushed with his exertions. Hello, Beryl, said he, B-E-R-Y-L, and it seemed to me that the tone of his greeting was not altogether cordial one. Well, Jack, you're very hot. Yes, I was chasing a cyclopede. He is a very rare... And seldom found in the late autumn. Ah, what a pity! I should have missed him. He spoke unconcernedly, but his small, light eyes glanced incessantly from the girl to me. Yeah, there. Uh, you've introduced yourselves. I can see. Yes, I was telling Sir Henry that it was rather late for him to see the true beauties of the moor. Why? Uh, who do you think he is? Well, I imagine it must be Sir Henry Baskerville. No, no," said I, "only a humble commoner." But his friend, my name uh, is Doctor Watson. A flush of vexation passed over her expressive face. Oh, we have been talking at cross purposes," said she. "Why, uh, you had not very much time for talk," her brother remarked, the same questioning eyes. "I talked as if Doctor Watson were a resident instead of merely being a visitor," said she. "It cannot much matter to him whether it is early or late for the orchard, uh, but you will come on, will you not, and see Mary Pithouse?" Well, a short walk brought us to it, bleak moorland house. Pff, once the farm of some grazier in uh, some old preposterous days, uh, but now put into repair and turned into a modern dwelling. An orchard surrounded it, but, but the trees, as as usual upon the moor, were stunted and nipped. Uh, if the effect of the whole place was mean and melancholy, uh, we were admitted by a strange, wizened, rusty coated old man servant who seemed to be in keeping with the house. Inside, however, there were large rooms furnished with an elegance in which I seemed to recognize the taste of the lady. As I looked from her windows at the interminable granite flecked moor uh, rolling unbroken to the farthest horizon, I could not but marvel at what I could have. "'brought this highly educated man and this beautiful woman to live in such a place.' "'Squeer, uh, square, queer spot to choose, is it not?' said he, as if in an answer to my thought. "'And yet we managed to make ourselves fairly happy. Do we not? Barrel? "'Quite happy,' said she. "'But there was no ring of conviction in her words.' Uh, "'I had a school,' said Stapleton. "'It was in the North Country. Uh, "'The work to a man of my temperament "'was melancholy, me- mechanical. "'Apparently I'm having a long night. "'My kid really screwed me up. "'And uninteresting. "'But the privilege of living with the youth, "'of helping to mold those young minds, "'of impressing them with, their, with one's own character "'and the ideals is very dear to me. "'However, uh, the fates were against us. "'A serious epidemic broke out in the school, "'and three of the boys died.' Has never recovered from the blow, and much of my capital was eh, irretrievably swallowed up. "'And yet, if it were not for the loss of the charming companionship of the boys, "'I could rejoice over my own misfortune. "'For, with my strong taste for botany and zoology, uh, "'I find an unlimited field of work here, "'and my sister is as devoted to nature as I am. Uh, "'All this, Dr. Watson,' "'has been brought upon your head by your expression "'as you surveyed the moor out our window.'" That's a long walk to just say like, "'Yeah, you look like you don't like the place.'" "'Oh, it certainly did cross my mind "'that it might be a little dull, "'less for you, perhaps, than for your sister.'" "'No, no, I'm never dull,' she said quickly. "'We have books.'" We have our studies, and we have interesting neighbors. Dr. Mortimer is a most learned man in his own line. Poor Sir Charles was also an admirable companion. Oh, we knew him well and miss him more than I can tell. Do do you think I should intrude? If I were to call this afternoon and make the acquaintance of Sir Henry, I'm sure that he'd be delighted. Then perhaps you would mention that I propose to do so. We may make make in our humble way do something uh, to make things more easy for him until he becomes accustomed to his new surroundings. Uh, Will you come upstairs, Dr. Watson, and inspect my collection of ledropyrdiora? Well, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sure it involves bugs. Lepidetria. An order of insects that compromises butterflies and moths. All right, we're moving on. I think it is the most complete one in the southwest of England. By the time that you have looked through them, lunch will be almost ready. But I was eager to get back to my charge. Uh, The bellicalli, the moor, the death of your unfortunate pony. Uh, The weird sound, which had been associated with the grim legend of the Baskervilles. Maybe the sound just came from something slowly drowning in a big muddy moor. Uh, All these things tinged my thoughts with sadness. Then on the top of these were more or less vague impressions that had come through the definite and distinct warning of Miss Stapleton. Delivered with such intense earnestness that I could not doubt that some grave and deep reason lay behind it. Oh, I rested all pressure to stay for lunch, and I set off at once upon my return journey, taking the grass-grown path "'by which we had come. Uh, "'It seems, however, that there must have been "'some sort uh, shortcut for those who knew it, "'for before I had reached the road, "'I was astounded to see Miss Stapleton "'sitting upon a rock by the side of the track. "'Oh, her face was beautifully flushed "'with her exertions, as she held her hand to her side. "'Well, I've run all the way in order to cut you off, "'Dr. Watson,' said she. "'I have not even had time to put on my hat.' And I must not stop, or my brother may miss me. And I wanted to say uh, to you how sorry I am about my stupid mistake, and I made in thinking that you were Sir Henry. Uh, uh, please forgive the words I said, which have no application whatsoever to you. Well, but, but I can't forget them. Miss Stapleton said, "I, I am Sir Henry's friend, and his welfare is very close concern of mine." Uh, tell me why it was that you were so eager that Sir Henry should return to London. Yeah, Well, the woman's whim, Dr. Watson, when you know me better, you will understand that I cannot always give reasons for what I say or do. <laughs> no, no, I remember the thrill in your voice. I remember the look in your eyes. Please, please be frank with me, Mrs. Stapleton, for ever since I have been here, I've been conscious of shadows all around me. Life has become like that great Grimpen Mire, with little green patches everywhere into which one may sink with no guide to point to the track. This is getting really depressing. This is a guy who's got his own serious uh, depression issues. This is how he's seeing life right now. Just get him to a moor, and suddenly he sees everything. as a, a crap life with small green patches. Tell me, then, what it was that you meant, and I will promise to convey your warning to Sir Henry. Uh, an expression of ir- irresolution passed for an instant over her face, but her eyes had hardened again when she answered me. You make too much of it. Uh, Said she, Uh, my brother and I were very much shocked "'by the death of Sir Charles, and uh, we knew him very intimately, uh, "'for his favorite walk was over the moor to our house. "'He was deeply impressed with the curse which hung over the family, "'and when this tragedy came, I naturally felt that there must be some grounds uh, "'for the fears which I had expressed, and I was distressed. "'Therefore, when another member of the family came down to live here, "'and I felt that he should be warned of the danger which he will run, uh, "'that was all I intended to convey.' Yeah, "'But what's the danger?' Uh, "'Do you know the story of the hound?' Uh, "'I do not believe in such nonsense.' Yeah, "'But I do. "'If you have any influence to Sir Henry, "'take him away from a place "'which has always been fatal to his family. Uh, "'The world is wide. "'Why should he wish to live in a place of, uh, of, uh, of danger?' Uh, "'Because the place of danger. Uh, "'That is Sir Henry's nature. "'I fear that unless you could give me "'some more definite information than this, "'it would be impossible to get him to move.' No, I can't say anything definite, for I do not know of anything definite. Uh, I would ask you one more question, Miss Depleton. If you meant no more than this uh, when you first spoke to me, uh, then why would you not wish your brother to overhear what you said? Oh, there's nothing uh, to which he or anyone else could object. "'My brother is very anxious to have the hall inhabited, "'so if he thinks it's, a, it's, a, it's good for the poor folk upon the moor, "'or oh, he would be very angry if he knew that I had said anything "'which might induce Sir Henry to go away. "'But I have done my duty now, and I will say no more. "'I must go back, uh, or he will miss me and suspect that I have seen you. Uh, goodbye. And she turned, and it disappeared in a few minutes "'among the scattered boulders, while I, with my soul full of vague fears pursued my way back to Baskerville Hall. Well, that was weird. Uh, With that, why don't we go back to the smoking room and review what the fuck we just read. Well, settle yourself in. Uh, Let's review what happened in this chapter. Hey, Watson is hanging around, walking in the moor, uh, because he got chased down by Stapleton of Merripit House, and said, hey, come with me. I'm going to catch butterflies in the moor. And as he's out there, gentle little butterfly man, he talks about how, yeah, animals die in here all the time. People's horses get lost in here. People die in here. And they apparently drown very, very slowly with their heads sticking out of the moor, just screaming for help. Poor horses, days in a row, sitting there slowly drowning, and nobody will pull them out. Uh, but Stapleton loves it. Oh, he thinks it's fantastic. And then he gets all excited when he sees some kind of bug flying by, so he gets his net and he, he prances over the morgue. Apparently, he knows it better than anyone else, which is creepy. Uh, and as Watson's walking around watching this asshole fly around, with his catching moths or whatever, uh, Barrel. Beryl Stapleton, I'm guessing his last name, I don't know, uh, chases up and goes, you gotta get out of here. You gotta get the hell out of here. Move, go on, get... Because she thinks she's talking to Sir Henry Baskerville, but she's not. She's just talking to dumb old Watson. And when she finds out, oh, I'm just talking to Watson, she doesn't care. Then he goes, uh, later on, he says, hey, what the hell was that about? And she goes, I don't know. Shut up. And then he goes, come on, tell me. And she goes, "Yeah, I don't want to. And then he's like, come on, do it. Goes, yeah, chase me. But he doesn't. Uh, and so she just says, I just don't want uh, anyone else dying here. And he goes, well, you picked the wrong person because Baskerville loves danger. So uh, they take it back to uh, Merripit House, which is a crap hole. And as Watson's looking around, Stapleton goes, yeah, I know we live in a crap hole. Uh, I used to be a teacher, but all the kids died. But I'm sure he'd love that because he seems to love death. He loves walking around in a bog where he knows there's just corpses floating in it. It's just fun for him. Uh, What's good about this? Uh, Sherlock Holmes played almost no part in this chapter whatsoever, which is kind of nice. What sucks? Then you get this weird little butterfly man who loves watching people die. What do we learn? If someone is doing something in their life that they, uh, they, they, it's like a, adorable, or nice, or, or helpful, or just like a weird little cute hobby. They're probably a horrible person with horrible, disgusting secrets. Whether the secrets are just, I love watching things die, and that's why I love them more, or it's just, I don't know, anything else horrible. Uh, so if someone seems really cute with a cute hobby, they're no good. It'd stay the hell away from them, especially if their sister has a name like Beryl. It's not a good name. It's not a name you can trust. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks to my my daughter for coming down to talk about her crap book, Just a Night of Crap Books. And uh, we will see you uh, next time. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most, where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, Are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people, not losers. So if you're cool... Uh, feel free to go over to my website uh, nuzzlehouse.com you can see a backlog of everything I've ever read uh, along with episodes from the book boys and uh, blah 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 you can also find me on Instagram uh, which is uh, house nuzzle and conveniently enough at uh, Twitter which is also at house nuzzle. annoyingly YouTube made me pick a name had one left.